Design. I'm Zach, and we'll be joined by my co-host Courtney in just a little bit. Just wanted to hop in here real quick and say a quick special introduction, because this is the first episode that we have released as creatoring in almost a year. We recorded this episode last March, right around the time the lockdowns were starting. So you're going to hear a couple of things that are going to sound really weird if you take it out of that context. Um, I don't think we always expected the severity of COVID-19 at the time. At least not that we would be on lockdown for a year plus and everything else. Uh, we still get into enough other stuff that we felt this episode was really super duper worth releasing. So this will be the first in a new series of what we're going to call our time capsule episodes. These won't come out every week or every month. We're going to use them for when we, uh, Courtney or I can't get in like uh, somebody's on vacation or for whatever reason. We'll put them out then. But this episode with Hey TVM, Trevor Van Meter, is the first of our time capsule episodes. So we hope you enjoy. Next month will be a brand new episode with a brand new announcement that I'm not going to tell you yet. You're going to be very excited about it though. So welcome to the brand new creatoring, the future, and we missed you. Enjoy this time capsule episode. We love you. Courtney? Yeah. Hey! I figured it out. <laughs> what was it? There's some kind of arrow going up inside the speaker that I think, Trevor, you were referencing. I just didn't, I thought it was some other setting. So we're good. There you go. Enable mic con confirmed. And there's no timer at the top that I see. So that's, that's because awesome. we are now paid users of Yay. Zoom. <laughs> All right. We were not that 15 minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully it's reasonable. And I'm leaving we all this in the show so people can just hear. <laughs> this, this is what happens when you take six months off of recording a podcast. Right. You know, Shenanigans. I mean, forget how to do it. and Hangouts always uh, is my preferred method. Uh, yeah. But now that this is a paid Zoom advertising, since they're going to pay <laughs> you to do this, with a free free subscription, yeah, I only hold on. Wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> I need to rethink all this because right. now I'm giving them money and free advertising. That's right. Brought to you by Zoom. Hold on. In invoice in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Send it to me. Yes. Um, but before before what was happening is we were introducing Trevor to the world. Trevor Van Beter, <laughs> the yes, bear of positive vibes. That's that's what I'm trying to be, man. I'm trying yeah. to, to live it, not just with uh, the person that I am, but the work that I put out there. Co-founder of Jamongo. Uh, back in the day, that's right. Lego yeah. designer, Disney designer, illustrator. Where'd you find that bio? That's a, that's an old bio. Creator sure. of Levine Children's Hospital box jocks. Holy cow! No, I didn't create. I didn't create box jocks. I did, you illustrated them. I did some this illustrations series. for Boone Oakley, the creator who, of Fly Guy. <laughs> That's still right. Still working on Fly Guy too. 
yeah, I don't, Trevor I don't think Von it's Neder, happening. Hey, TVM. I, yes, that's Hey, TVM is is where it's at right now. It's hey, buddy. My, my primary focus these days. Um, and it's a beautiful focus too. Downtown mm-hmm. Wilmington historic building. Yes, I invite everybody to come down and check it out next time you're hanging out, uh, Wrightsville Beach, Wilmington area. Swing, swing downtown. Do you come still have the it. Greenville shop too, or just the one now? No, it's um, initially I was going to try to like do both of them, but it, I mean, just out of the gate, it it was already difficult enough to do one, and then I had a couple sure. a couple things unfold that definitely made it more difficult to try to keep two two spots open. So so right now it's just it's just right uh, down at Wilmington downtown Wilmington, 2nd Street. Is that where the day job is too? I mean, ultimately, I mean, the, the humble truth about the whole thing is I'm using HeyTVM as my office. And then you can just stroll in and come buy merchandise in the office uh, at the moment. So I've, I've been ultimately- Drink out of my water bottle real quick. See, look at that. Are, are we do, is this gonna be video as well? Are you putting the video, is this all audio? Oh, it's all audio. We just okay. like to let people hear things that they can't see. Okay. Just let them wet their, you know, <laughs> right. get their I, appetite going. I was about to say, maybe I could, I could turn some lights on or <laughs> prove oh, the Oh, you're good. Uh, the <laughs> less lights. Right. I'm surprised I have that light on here. Let me, give me a second. Maybe stop touching my face and uh, put some blush on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, I, I am currently working um, on several projects that have nothing to do with HTVM, and I'm doing that as I sit down there. And then as people come in, I kind of, you know, talk. You know, I I sell stuff, correct? But I but the HTVM idea is it's, it the whole thing's an experience. The whole thing is about being a purveyor of positive vibes through my apparel, and also hopefully if you come in there, I give everybody the the same treatment um, as the last person as I just try to, you know, brighten people's day if I can. Last September, I think it was, maybe October, I came in just to say, hey, introduce myself because we're still pretty new. We, I mean, um, Beth and my kids and I were pretty new to the area. So we're still trying to connect to like creatives and folks down here. So I came in and introduced myself. And while I was in there, I think six to seven college kids came in and they all got the same smile they all got the same treatment they all left buying stuff like it's just constant yeah Yeah. people talk about it a lot but you're actually pumping it out it's it's wild man it's a it's starting a small business in general is like incredibly humbling um i i think coming from a world where i'm usually providing like illustration or animation services and you're tucked away, you live a hermit's life, you never leave your desk. And, I feel personally and, right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Same. It's, it's the truth though. It's like, it hurts because it's true. Um, and for 10 years of my life, 10 plus, that was my entire life. I, I, had, I had a third room, third floor office, I, I just sat, I worked and I worked and I worked on my stuff. I worked on other people's stuff and I just started kind of fading away. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I, I didn't, I always knew I didn't really want an agency. I didn't want to be in charge of 20 people. I didn't want to go down that path. So I kind of got stuck in freelancing and servicing, um, being a hitman for agencies and this type of thing. And then I just kind of woke up one day. I'm like, you know, this isn't quite it. This isn't, this isn't the best expression of what I set out to be or do. So, so the minute I really, really woke up to it and started going after it, um, my life started changing and my attitude started changing. And then I started opening the small business and you kind of wake up to how, how far from, I don't know, I don't want to call it reality, but how far from most people's reality of like running a bar, running a restaurant or running a business, how vastly different it is from running a, a illustration, animation, freelance, whatever service business. So um, it's been wild. I, I love it. I love doing it. But man, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm tired and it's a lot of work, but I definitely, I, I definitely think I'm moving things in the right direction. I'm building something um, that's mine, that's done my way. And it means something not just to me, but uh, I think the people who come across it and experience it, I, I feel like, yeah, I'm selling, I'm selling stuff, but it's so easy when you believe in everything that you make. Right. So that's, I think that's where I kind of really stumbled upon something is I decided who I wanted to be, what I wanted to make, what I wanted it to stand for. And then things just kind of started falling in line for, for Hey TVM. Um, what did your first sales start to look like? Like, was there a moment where it was yeah, an idea and it took a while to ramp up or? Well, I, I think, I, I think the two, like the sales and what you're trying to say, those two things are kind of deeply related, right? Like once I started getting a handle on, on what I was selling and why I wanted to make these things, once that started improving, once I started getting kind of a singular vision in place, and once I could tell the story, um, it made it easier to, to, to make an impact on people who came in yeah. and then have them go out and say, you got to go check this place out. Cause I think this guy actually means what he's doing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think what I, one of the main things I stumbled upon and, and you know, you leave school and you get caught in this trap, or at least as an illustrator, I did was you got to be the best at drawing. Right. Yeah. So the, the minute I put all that stuff down and I started really understanding that people buy the art, but, but people also buy the artist, right? Like people want to know that if you don't believe in it, why should they? So you have to find those answers. And then that thing directly is related to selling something. Cause I think people can detect it's, it's authenticity. I think mm -hmm. um, you can detect when somebody is unsure, uncertain. So I I've just been moving forward and, and really doing something that I call honoring my spark which is that kid, that seven to eight year old kid who would draw, you know, pizza dragons and dancing hamburgers and like <laughs> yeah. for the, for the love, not for the, not for the fame, not for the money, not for any of that other stuff, but just for the freaking love of making something you love. It makes the, makes the product itself authentic. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that doesn't mean any of this has been easy. Like I'm still growing. I'm still in, you know, I've just crossed over in October year one 
of what I would call an official year one. I would call Congratulations. Greenville. Greenville was a false start. Um, <laughs> but what came from, from Greenville was like, I stepped out, I found out like what I was trying to do. And then when I picked it up and moved it to Wilmington, I, I dropped a bunch of crapola and it got streamlined and I got really super focused on what I wanted it to be. Break and that then, down. What's the crap you got rid of? What is that people? Are you talking um, about like story wise or just like you don't want to sell hats anymore? <laughs> no, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of strange because like you can set out to do something and not really know what that is. And that what was, was kind your of setting out. What was your, you're, you're sitting there. You're, you're like, I want to make a clothing line. Is that the setting out point or you want that, to make that was kind of it. I was like, yeah. I want to build a brand. I want it to mean something. And I wasn't quite sure what that was yet. You just um, didn't want, you don't want to make another, you don't want to be another, what's another Tommy Hilfiger. You don't want just your name on there. You want a story behind it. So you, but you don't know stand, you want a story behind it. You got to just, correct. that's what you're saying. You, you want to make shirts. Here's an empty storefront in Greenville. I'm going to put shirts in there. So that's the crap you're talking about, right? Here's just it's, shirts that don't have story. It's, it's well, I, I think I've like, I knew what I wanted to say, mm -hmm. but, but I never opened the store before. I never had a full on apparel line. I never had the means to do this. And, and in doing it, it's kind of like this idea that you can't steer a boat when it's holding still. So I just started getting things done. I just started moving towards it. I just kind of started getting the space ready. And then you, you have some misses in terms of, well, there's, there's an absolute truth to location, location, location. Sure. And Greenville was not. <laughs> it, it's, it's more of a, a, deep, a deeper issue there of culture, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not taking a knock because I feel like there's definitely – a hunger for something authentic, something new, something that's different. And I think there's a lot of young professionals who are hungry for it. It's very difficult in a place like that to get the word out, especially where I opened up. I was just like, I'll, I'll be so big, they'll have to come to me, right? Yeah. Not ever gonna happen. This type of business requires happenstance. It, kind of, it requires people like seeing my pineapple with an eye. I have a neon pineapple eye um pineapple with eye in the window and it takes them seeing that and going what the hell is this place and then they come in they're like am i gonna get a, a mystic reading uh is it a is it a vape shop i don't know there's a bit a of mystery yeah. right it's like 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 at every place needs another vape that sounds really <laughs> funny unless you've been in downtown wilmington and then it, there's like right three vape shops across the street from well the it's more like the journey to downtown it's like on market street there's like 20 vape shops and all of them have blinking uh christmas lights in the window and stuff so <laughs> yeah. um and again if you vape great whatever i'm not taking knocks at anybody but um if I didn't know what you were, it does look kind of like a tattoo store. <laughs> right. Well, like I, but, but if you see my work too, um, in terms of like what I think makes a great t-shirt, it does borrow pretty heavily from this idea that it, you know, bold lines, basic colors, and, and then all this is part of the, and I, I can probably speak to this a little bit in terms of the thinking behind all the, the branding, but uh, these, this is my audience is just younger, not beach chairs and seagulls audience. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is, this is Wilmington. 
this is what's really special about this place is there's a ton of creative people. There's a ton of um, frustrated creative people. Um, but there's also, yeah, but I think most people are, it's like, how do you, how do you fix this place without industries? And that's not really an easy thing to answer, but I, but I put it in my lap in terms of like, I don't know how to fix everything else, but I know what I can do to, to like make what I think would be an awesome business, a reality. And you just start moving towards it and every step sucks and everything is hard. Um, but I love it. And I know that's how, that's how I know it's going to work is I love it when it doesn't love me back. It's as simple <laughs> as that. It's like, it, it, it could be like punching me in the face. I'm like, I don't care, man. I love you so much. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like, um, I don't know if I answered your question in terms of like streamlining it, but in Wilmington and in downtown Wilmington, it's much easier to come across people who are just out wandering around. Right. So things got, things got tighter there and, and things um, have been like constantly improving. Like every, every week just gets a little better. And every, every little bit of someone hearing about me, or I've been like all year long, I've been doing collaborations that two years ago I would have stuck my nose up at but this is what it takes to to like start um, bottom up and build something that means something in this community and then start scaling it right like to scale it I feel like it has to mean something to a pretty impressive base and then once it means something to those people I can take those bigger steps Sorry, I'm blasting you guys. No, dude, <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. <laughs> this is what yeah. we, the show is here for, to kind of, uh, to break down what got you to the place where you're at. Like and how to what, make those transitions too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I still I mean, want to know that that crap that got in the way just seems like what, maybe for me, it would have been trying to make stuff that other people would want to buy instead of the stuff that like I wanted to give to the world have right. you run into that absolutely look if you're going to start any business you have to find that balance of like honoring your spark but also you have to you're you're in a service no matter what you're doing so right. you need to be um open-minded to to feedback it's kind of the steve jobs thing but from, from a little different point of view where he says, well, people don't know what they want. And then you give people what they, you, know, you, have, you have Steve Jobs at one side, you have the Kardashians at the other. It's like, give people what they want. Finding that balance is important to any brand, right? So I know when somebody comes in and like, they, they, the whole concept for the pineapple with the eye that glows in the window is keep an eye on your paradise. It's the whole concept for the store. Well, I didn't have it on anything, on anything. I was like, I tell people that their face will light up and like, why don't you put that on anything? It's like, well, I'm an artist. And if I have to say it uh, with, I like to say it without saying, it. if I have to write it, it doesn't mean the same thing. And then I just kept hearing it so much that I was like, okay, it's time to like, take a step back, take a look at people connecting with the message and then find my way to give them what they want. 
so it's a balance, but I, I do always start with what, what would I do, right? And that I think is a difficult place to get to if you don't know who you are, really. You know, it's like most, most illustrators, designers, people who are in any type of creative industry are so used to making things for other people that they have no idea who they are. They have no idea what their mark is. They have no clue because they never really sat down and started reflecting on what it is they want their life to be about. And this is where I think there's a big failing in, in school is that they just teach you to these skills, to be a worker, to provide service for other people without ever really asking, what do you want? And, and, and what are you doing to make that reality come to life, right? Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I spent my entire adult life doing, and I feel like such a jerk, and I'm not complaining, and I, and I love the work that I've been able to do, but you're always doing it for someone else. So, um, yeah. So I've tried on the way. I've had Jamungo, which was a toy company. I had Box of Robots, which we had angel funding. We were building games. Like, I have tried to build something for myself, but for a number of reasons, those things failed absolutely and completely. But I'm stronger for it, always, no doubt. And I wouldn't have been able to arrive where I am today without going through those, those um, failures. Yeah. It's, it's strength and beauty from the struggle all day long. So yeah, that's, and that's, and I'm like, I don't, I didn't realize it until I kind of like really took a real hard look about who I am and what I want. And I, and that's what I would encourage any designers. I mean, I think every designer, every illustrator all kind of like probably look at brands and these type of things and go, I could do that. Well, yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. But you got to like, really start taking the steps to move towards it and fully commit. And if it's not a brand, think about what it is and start spending at your expense, your time building those things. And you'll be surprised at how something will fall into place or some opportunity will show up that will enable you to capitalize on that work at some point in your life. Where do you think those roadblocks and those ideas that pop up in your head that block you from getting to that next step come from? Yourself, yeah. always, till the end of time. I've never heard anyone else say, well, unless it's just honestly bad, like that you're not a, I've never heard anyone tell someone you're not a good drawer, you're not a good illustrator. It's always been that person saying it. Like here's this letter I made, but it's not good. Right, it's it, usually you're your worst enemy and this is kind of a theme for my store is I like cliches they're cliche for a reason it's because there's an ultimate truth and then we hear it a million times and then it loses its value because you've heard it a million times but you for sure if you can get out of your head I, I got news for you it doesn't matter if you're the best at drawing it doesn't matter and I see people I see their face when, when you say something like that, it matters if you're true to yourself, if you're true to your voice when you draw or when you design. 
or when you try to create anything, don't like looking around, looking at other people is suicide. You have to focus on how would you say it and developing what that means to you. My style that, that I developed for HeyTVM was very thought out. It, it, I have to, it's every day it's an exercise in restraint because it's not my best drawing, right? right. But it is the most true, the most seamless. It had the, the, the idea for the, for the style, the, the concept was it had to be able, I had to be able to do it by hand. It had to be able to uh, be done digitally. And then I had to animate it because I love animating too. So I kind of had to transcend all these things. So it's designed to be, to feel like check all those boxes. But the ultimate truth is when I was in middle school, that's how I drew, right? right. So, so I had to kind of like bring things way back. And when I opened the store in Greenville, everything was black and white. And the idea was like, again, back to um, honoring the spark. Um, I, I kind of got back to that moment where I saw something that I loved and knew I wanted to be an artist, right? You see something, you're like, I don't know what that is, but I want, I want to do that. And it was Shel Silverstein, right? Oh, nice. It's like, mm. like you can always kind of bring it back to a moment. You're like, that's, I'm doing that. That's what I'm doing. So I got all the way back there and used that as a starting point to start just getting to work and developing a style. And, and again, it took a year of just forcibly holding back and sticking to a thing and watching it grow, understanding my rules, when to break them, when to bend them. A lot of the style that I use right now has the rules of pixel art. For years, I did pixel art. For years. So the principles I pull from pixel art to my style are very, very similar. This is just, I can make it way faster than pixel art. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. um, so yeah. Sorry. What are the I'm, rules? I'm, no, what are the rules of pixel art? Uh, that's that's kind of tricky um, to do audibly. I'd have to like roll a demo. One, two, um, one, two <laughs> to make curves. It's, it, well, kind of. Um, so in terms of line weight, um, so like, this let's is going to help me in Animal Crossing right now, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the grid. <laughs> the grid. So it, it, there are there are some pretty distinctive purist rules for pixel art, which is and and, and it's, the thing that's cool about it is that it's on or off, right? If something works or it doesn't, you have to like make decisions, and a lot of the times the rules make decisions for you. And, and so for example, if I have a one stroke pixel and I wanna put some reflective light next to the color, I've got one pixel to do that. Mm -hmm. So there's all these systems and rules that get developed um, and curves are a certain way and things like this. It's less the curves and more the, the, the way you can take something that's 16 by 16 and blow it up and make it it still, it looks graphic, it's bold, it has really, you know, if it's done right, it's got rich colors and it reads from 16 pixels to like the side of a building, it looks awesome. So another one of my secrets is I draw really small and then I blow it up. And that way I've got fat lines and then you can see it from across the room and you're like, 
you know what it is. It's, um, I used to work at a screen printing shop when I was going to college and this yeah. dude who had nothing to do with art, he just printed, he's like, I tell you what, man, my favorite designs are designs that look like they are made for a rubber stamp. And all of a sudden I was like, dude, that's it. Like, it's just gotta be bold enough that you could see it from across the room. And if you can see it from the across the room, there's a very good chance you'll be able to remember it as you're walking down the street and then you see the pineapple with the eye, you're like, mm-hmm. ah, I can't get that out of my head, right? These are the type of designs I think work best for t-shirts. But then also when I moved to like making a mural or making a, a, an art installment, the, <laughs> I've, I heard somebody say this, I can't take credit for the saying, but it's so, <laughs> it's so freaking funny and true is that if your art stinks, just make it bigger right? This is the, this is the concept for a, a mural. And anytime I'm working, I mean, again, I work very small. And then when you blow, up, blow it up, it's all of a sudden, it's monumental, it's impressive. And all these people are like, how'd you do that? Well, I just did what I normally did, I just made it bigger, right? <laughs> so it's kind of the same, same principles for, for my shirts and for other, other apparels, patches, this type of thing, is that Usually there's a singular idea, there's some kind of twist, and it's something that's rides that line between illustrative and graphic. And if you can find your space somewhere in between there, you'll be off to, to some kind of start. Does that help? Uh, think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's something even more uh, personal about your artwork that I still haven't quite put my finger on yet. The fact that it can live in so many different places and be definitely yours. Like I've been on um, Instagram, Facebook, even Snapchat, I think, and just scrolling through stickers and GIFs. Like, hey, that's, hey, TVM on there. That's, and it's in every category and it's on everything. And you can pick it out from a mile away and this, this took it's a life. your story it's your story i think yeah it comes to it it's that that drive those rules it's, it's okay so here's a perfect example I, I think my stuff is a perfect example of how I, I make rules i try not to depart from them because then then people can't identify it but you can always tell a simpsons character mm-hmm. right this is it this is it so if you can find and, and we all have it. We all have our bag of tricks. We ha- all have our little distinctive way we draw eyes or face or whatever it is. I always think of I would say, Wayfield, the comic artist. Yeah. <laughs> right, little, right. The little feet and the muscles. Well, that's right. It's, yeah. it's, it's all the same, but most people don't. And again, we're kind of back to designers and illustrators have to be chameleons right? Like, so I've got to do this thing in this style. And then I got to do this thing in this style. And then tomorrow I got to design a website. Uh, I live in that world, right? So I've been very good at being able to like, okay, turn this off, turn this on. And then I, I spent about a year getting really good at the Hey TVM particular style. And it's my favorite. It's, it's just my favorite. And like, it's just easy for me. And I think that's a great indicator is that 
Sometimes I'll work on projects. I'm like, why do I suck? I'm going to punch a hole in the wall, right? It's like, that's resistance. That's, that's like the worst thing when you're creating is that resistance. And sometimes it's necessary for you to grow and push past things that you couldn't do, but now you can. I think the best way to describe this style that I'm using is that there's no resistance. It's, I just draw and I just draw and it comes easy. And I think if you have something like that in your work, your, your voice will automatically come through. But, but it, again, it takes a lifetime to find that. Maybe not a lifetime, but you have, you have, to, you have to be listening for it. It's kind of this idea of like your quiet voice, right? You have doubts, you have fears, you have all these problems in your life that are at volume 99. And then you've got this little quiet voice that's at 1% saying, hey, I like that thing, just go that way, right? It's like, it's quiet. So you have to, you know, steady your mind and like tune in to listen, to identify it. Yeah, because then you just keep adding more and more noise to it. You know, you, you get married, you have kids. You got a couple other businesses on your back. Yes. Yeah. This this is life. This is everyone's life. This is why I encourage all young people. When I left school, I went directly to Manhattan. You know why? <laughs> I had no anchors, man. I didn't have a car. I didn't have insurance. I didn't have a mortgage payment. I didn't have a pet. You know, it's like all these things as you go in life. Be I'm not saying I'm not calling all these things anchors, but it makes it way more difficult to pivot and make make changes in your life that are meaningful and then let's say it all crashes and you fail miserably you're young you can recover you can bounce back from anything i slept on the floor for nine months to make that happen you're okay you're gonna be all right right there's college is an expensive time to find yourself too it, it is and that's i mean that's a whole nother topic possibly is like should kids go to college these days um College my, of YouTube. <laughs> my, yeah. uh, the, the plan for right now, you know, my wife and I talk about stuff like that. You try to plan it out, saving money for school. If they go to two years of community college, we'll pay for the rest of it if they want to keep going. Right. That makes sense. You know, but get I, your but basic like, out of the way and figure out what you want to do. I would say if they're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, something you need to be certified mm -hmm. for. But, but listen, there is ultimate math in creative services, and it is you can do the job or you can't. They want your work or they don't. You don't need a degree to make that happen. I'm not saying that there's not a ton of value in getting your foundations, of getting a college experience, of going through the rigmarole, of understanding design principles. All these things are important. You may not have to get them there. And then on top of that, for a college education, you could probably go get a small business and figure things out on the way, right? So be, be, I would be definitely be uh, curious to see how the next 10 years go. And, and oh, sure. I mean, you go on Skillshare, you go on Masterclass, you go to any of these things, and it's like these are working professionals on top of that, right? It's like mm -hmm. the, when I left school, I didn't know jack squat about invoicing, about taxes, about lawyers, about all this other stuff, right. but I could illustrate good, Yeah. right? Right. You have yeah. all these skills, but, but I think 
the, the truth is practical application. <laughs> right. It's like, but nobody, nobody really had an idea how to get a job, especially when I, I mean, I'm ancient. So like when I graduated, there was no, there was no such thing as an illustration job. These days you go to Dropbox, Slack, MailChimp, like there are illustration jobs and they're thriving right now. Right. No. What did you say you were ancient? Was... Weren't you born in what, 1975? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, you're only nine that's years correct. older than me. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, I, you know, it's, I graduated in 1999, right? So that's, it's just, it's crazy, man. Well, here's the other thing. No one in this world can tell you how this world works. There's kids opening no presents knows. on YouTube and making millions of dollars. This is why I'm just super dubious of somebody telling you, well, this is how it's going to work. I, it's really, you know how it's going to work for you. And if there was ever a great time to be a creative, oh. it's like right now. Especially, I mean, like right now with what's going on in the world right now when in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> like everything you learned up until two months ago doesn't really matter anymore about mm -hmm. how the economy and jobs work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I wish I could be like, I know exactly how things are going to work out. Um, this is, this is bizarre, right? But but I lived through, you know, my business in 2008. Like that's what tore Jamungo apart. Right. Ultimately, was 2008 took us out. Things things were already not like we were having issues with quality assurance and products that we waited nine months for would show up and they'd be garbage and this type. Of, but the nail in the coffin was, hey, by the way, 2008, 2009. I'm not saying it's to end or anything. Just well, when we come out of this, it's going to be different than when we came into it. But that's, sure. th that's what you have to understand as I, th I would like to tell young people is like, don't, don't cower, don't retreat. Right. Yeah. There's things that are going to be different, but ultimately you're going to be okay. Right. As long as you just persist, like my, like my business is not, it's not even open right now right? What does that mean? I don't know. Is it good? It's not great. <laughs> I don't know any business that can not be open and not be making money and have it be good. But what I yeah. do intend on doing is surviving. And, and what was different about TVM today versus TVM in 2009 is one thing is my mindset is so completely flipped. And so like, no matter what, I'll, I'm going to find a way to do my best to make it work. And even if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be okay because, man, I'm, I just, I don't know. I'm stoked to be alive. Hopefully I make it out of the other end of this thing alive. <laughs> we all do. But I'm always like seeking the positive these days. And I know it sounds cheesy. And I know like most people are kind of get that eye roll, but an open mind catches a whole lot more than like a closed one. So my mind is constantly looking for like, okay, what can I utilize this downtime for? And I've like, I've got a whole, I've got a, a couple things I'm working on that have nothing to do with ATVM. Um, and I've been working on the garden. Our family's been yeah. going down every day and we've, we've got a secret garden behind ATVM. That's gonna be sick, man. It's a little oasis downtown. I would just say be utilizing this downtime because when it when things do come back, I'll be more in a position to hit the ground running versus playing catch up. So 
See, I, I don't think that's cheesy. I think that's almost the most punk rock thing you can have right now. Like being pessimistic and uh, just down and negative. That's probably the trendy, cool thing right now. So going the yeah. opposite direction, that's that's probably not cheesy at all. I'm right not now. trying to be a trendsetter and I'm not trying, I'm, I'm also not like, I hate and I'm very skeptical about like being dishing out advice right now because right. everybody's got going through different stuff. Oh, no, dude, this is just your story. But, yeah, but I know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm just gonna keep persisting and keep finding ways to, um, man, make my life on this planet mean something is my goal, and I th I really think that should be everybody's goal. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill it. I'm gonna do everything I can to like be the best TVM I can be. And if that is being of service to other people, if that's like just giving people like a positive vibe or providing awesome apparel that I love, awesome. Um, but it, it's not stopping there either though. I've got other stuff cooking. Oh yeah. Always, always, always. Can you share? <laughs> <laughs> the, some of it I can't, this, is, this has probably been the most frustrating thing of my life is mm -hmm. like, for the longest time, for those 10 years of doing work, it's like I'm under NDA after NDA <laughs> after NDA, and you work on stuff that's like huge and good, and then nothing happens, and it never comes out, and then you can't um, share it, right? right? So this is why I find so much joy in Hey TVM is like instant gratification. I make a shirt in a day. I put it online. I, I started doing process videos to show people like how I make things. And it's like, look, I, maybe I can't share this thing, but this thing, I just made that today and I'm yeah. making something else tomorrow. So, um, so yeah. So like, for example, I, I had done some work on Kanye West's video game that he was making about his mom going to heaven. And it was, I mean, it was before all the craziness and I couldn't tell anybody about it, but then recently, um, Joe, I can't remember his last name at the moment, but he posted some stuff on Instagram. I'm like, oh, yes, this is getting, seeing the light of day. Like you could see some of the stuff I worked on and I'm, I, and I was proud of it at the time because there was like some super creative and beautiful stuff and not all of it has come to light, but there's, dude, there's a thousand projects like that that are just, I can't really show. I can't really talk about. So I don't want to be all like cryptic about it. Right. But uh, yeah, I got stuff cooking. Always. Wait, you the only one game? That's right. That was so, beautiful. <laughs> so um, the, the Kanye would play Fly Guy. He would play Fly Guy. So it, so you could see the kind of maybe inspiration of that. Uh, I don't think it's available to play anywhere right now, but I'll put the vi I'll put the footage of what the game looked like in the show notes so you guys can see it. Right. So it's it's very it's very Fly so Guy. So he played Fly Guy. Mm-hmm. And what happened? They, they call me direct. <laughs> so, and I, I won't get into the rest of it, but all I can say is like, to, to be honest, like during that time was about the time of like, when I kind of woke up and you think you're working hard and you think you're doing it, but I went out to Calabasas and I kind of got to see how things operate in that setting. And then you realize, man, I'm not really pushing. Right. So if there was anything to come out of that experience, it was 
I, I just realized I wasn't putting my most into everything that I was doing. So I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity. Um, and you know, nothing came out of it really, but my, my perspective definitely changed after that. And I started to push and I'm still pushing. What's WW, WDDG? WDDG was a, um, we they did, uh, so I don't know, I don't know what it stands for. To be honest. Okay. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, world. Domination uh, design world, group. Yes. That's it. World domination okay. design Dang, group. Courtney wins. I thought it was a Disney thing. No, no. Um, they made the suburban chicken for Burger King. Um, they did, they did a bunch of super high end agency, like web work. Um, and I, I worked with them on some Lego stuff and a, a ton of other projects. I don't know what, I think they became a, a game company. It's, yeah, it's crazy, man. When I went to New York, I used to make fun of the old timers, right? And we called them CD-ROMers because they just didn't grow. <laughs> and now I'm a CD-ROMer, right? Like I'm still kind of like stuck in, I use Animate every day. And the iPhone essentially killed anime, uh, Flash, now Animate. Um, and I'm a CD-ROMer, but I've kind of like doubled down on what I know and what I do best. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what software you use. It doesn't, none of that stuff matters yeah. if what you're making isn't good, <laughs> right? It's like if, in terms of like at its core, um, a GIF could be more impactful than the most beautiful video ever, right? So I, I, I think people get hung up way too much on what software are you using? Oh, that's, that's ancient. Who cares? I can export an MP4. Everybody chill out, right? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I'm sure all the After Effects kids will make fun of me, but uh, Well, when I'm every animation course I have taken, um, at least 20% of it is on how to do animate, like how to do flash I, stuff. Like the first, when they're teaching you the principles of animation, you have to do animate and flash first. I, I think the core principles and the way I use animation in general is a little bit leaning more towards like frame to frame stuff, um, traditional techniques. And then I cheat as much as I possibly can. Right? right but i think that's what sets me apart and i think this is the danger that i see in a lot of the the current trends is like everybody's stuff looks exactly the same it looks Dude, so much from the same. somebody so on the inside as an in-house and motion designer everyone's using the same templates and the same sources there's a reason hmm. it all looks the same that's right so here's there's there's trouble brewing from that in my perspective is it means it's a, it's a bubble right so like i had the pixel bubble pop on me i did bell solo i did a bunch of pixel work it was hot for a minute and then all of a sudden people were like ah oh, that looks so i don't know 2003 right and then it just people stopped wanting it do so, people so still I, do retro stuff courtney in design do i is retro still cool I've seen certain pockets of it, but it's still mostly flat design. But I'm seeing, have you seen paper, cut paper taking off? I wonder if that's going to make its way into motion graphics too. Oh, yeah. I, we, we do fake time or 
motion captures. Not no, like fake uh, stop motion. Mm-hmm. It's all hold frames instead of keyframes. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it. I don't know. When I see so much of everything looking the same, I feel very confident when I go I have, in my own direction. I have a long list of just a note I've been keeping on my phone during the uh, the pandemic, the during times. The during times. Just my thoughts. Dur- you know, dur- <laughs> when anxiety might get too high, just something I've noticed. A lot of it has to do with like the economy and money and like the idea that crises always seem political until they're personal for people but one note i have on here uh if your design doesn't mean if your design doesn't make something beautiful fun or more useful it's a waste of everyone's time and if everything's looking the same and everything it's not doing any of those things like i was looking when i had that idea i was looking at the cookbooks in my kitchen and the one we go to the most is the Sesame Street cookbook. <laughs> right. Because it's fun right. It's fun to look at. They did a great job capturing the heart of Sesame Street. Not just the easy for kids, but, you know, the bright colors, the fun fonts, breaking it down into easy steps. Right. Versus, like, the old Better Home and Gardens from, like, 1956 that we still have for some reason that's not fun to look at at all. Well, that's, that's kind of gets back to the, the point of design, right? Is how do you present something and how do you make it engaging past like, who, you know, the recipes in the, in the Sesame street cookbook may not be as good <laughs> in terms right. of like the actual point of making. Hey, you uh, lay off of ants on a log right now. <laughs> this is over. Right. But I mean, you see my point is like, if, if the message is lost, in something that's not beautiful yeah that's the point of design and really it's the invisible like i've always been my design principles are very basic is that the uh was it crystal goblet is like the best design is design you don't see right that's i love that um because you just see the content and the thing that's important um but Again, I, I don't want to, for people to take this as me tearing down After Effects or anything like that. <laughs> I'm just putting a warning out saying Adobe these are writing a letter. Right. This, this is, I mean, look at 80s airbrush. You know, it, it gets to be a bubble and then it just goes away. And it, it, this look might define a whole decade, but then people will be over it all of a sudden. And then you'll have these skills that if you can't figure out a way to make your style stick out or be distinctive, you kind of get lost in the shuffle. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is if your stuff looks the same as guys, that guy, that guy, that guy, and this guy, the price comes way, way, way down. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, well, I don't, I know your price. This guy is half the price. So then all of a sudden you got all these people competing in the same space and it just drives everything down. So I would encourage everybody to be able to do that style so that you can make a living, but also be thinking, okay, how can I do this a little differently? How can I stand out? How can I offer something that's unique that nobody's doing yet? And, you know, have that in your back pocket. We've talked about the idea on the show before about um, what I call phone bill jobs, the jobs you get just to make sure your electricity and phone bill gets paid. We all have them. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) flexible enough to do those, but 
if it's not driving your dream like Scotty Russell talks about, you know, it's kind of kind of tough to actually move forward with that that passion, that your heart kind of thing. Yeah, but I mean, the truth is we all we live in the jungle, man. It's like if you're out here on your own, I say yes to about a thousand things I don't want to, right? Mm-hmm. Until I don't have to. And I'm working very hard to not have to. But I still, at this moment, I got to take the thing that I'm like, Ugh, that's not what I'm going to spend my time on because it's not mine, right? Um, but it's the reality. It's like, I don't, you know, I started from nothing. I didn't have anything. And I think most people are kind of in this boat of like, how do I survive and then build something that is either a service, like design service, all this stuff. And, and then you have like, you have to balance and you have to ask yourself, is this client killing me? <laughs> I have fired, <laughs> I have fired so many clients of just saying, all right, you know what? This is at the end of the day, you're not paying me. You're making my life hell. Um, go away. It's not worth it. <laughs> right. So I, I just think that's the reality. But, but I think the new reality is if you can get good at like piecing things together, making sure you're not offering, I mean, I know people say specialize, but the way I got where I am, at least in terms of the work that I do is even if I can't do something, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And then you figure it out. So I just think you have to, you have to, you got to get frosty to survive out here. Cause it's wild. I get the specialization argument when people make it like it makes sense, but to I don't think I realized it until you just said that you're missing out on so many opportunities to adjust and grow and add new mm-hmm. shit to your repertoire if you just no I do this I can't touch this. That's that's I mean you better be in the top two percent. If you're going to specialize, correct. You better be the freaking best. Um, but but the truth is, just to your point, there hasn't been a single project that I've ever taken on that I haven't learned from, that I haven't like grown from, or if there's something I had to figure out that I couldn't apply that skill that I just acquired to something else I wanted to do. That's mine personally. Even so, if it's learning you don't want to do that, that's still <laughs> valuable. I, I think that's the biggest bummer um, in life is when you get what you think you want and you don't want it, right. right? So that happens a lot is that you're like, dude, this is my dream job. And then you start doing it and you get it. And you're like, <laughs> well, that's not what I expected. That's, that happens a lot. And I mean, we're talking, I'm an adult person and that's happened to me many steps of the way. I think the biggest, the biggest one for me is like, I, I was doing character design for, for Disney. I did, I did uh, Kung Fu Magoo. I did character design for that whole movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, Oh, this is going to mean something. It's going to be something. It's going to like, and you just kind of like find out that maybe that's not really what you put on the pedestal. You know, I was like, dude, I did it. I'm, I'm starting to happen. And the more I got into certain businesses and I'm, this isn't just Hollywood and all this other stuff, the more I just realized I have such a low tolerance for BS. Like, I just can't do it. Like I can't, I can't, 
I can't, um, I have a very difficult time having um, inefficiencies at my expense. And that's what a lot of these industries have. It's like, well, we're not efficient, but you're going to pay for it with your time, with, you know, no budgets. And I, I think in order to make something good, me personally, in order for me to make something good, I have to put a piece of myself in it. I have to do that to make it good. So it hurts my feelings when people and businesses and industries don't, I don't know. It's not acknowledged. I definitely don't need, I don't need them to appreciate it. Right. Uh, But I, but I definitely know myself enough to know, like I'm cautious now moving forward on certain projects. And the the movie industry definitely will not help you out with that, especially (laughs) post-production. Correct. Correct. I've been, I've man, I've been so close. I have been so close for things happening. And then things that have nothing to do with how good it is, who you are, how hard you work can wipe something out so quickly. Oh, we had a management change. So all their projects are gone, right? It's just dumb. It's putting your livelihood on the line to an industry that doesn't give two craps whether you live or die if you're not their guy, right? I don't know. It's very- no, it's true. It's, part of, it's another part of working to fulfill someone else's vision like we've been talking right. about. Mm-hmm. It's just the idea of job security died in the 60s, I think, at some point. <laughs> like you go oh, in and you yeah. work and you bust your tail for 50, 60 years at one place and then they take care of you for the next 20 years of your life. And maybe it's just the creative industry that I've been in for a couple years now, but it's, you get laid off one time and that illusion goes away. <laughs> you know, it's, it's true, but I, I find comfort in the fact that it's like it, everything that I do kind of like it's, I'm on the hook. Right. And I know I'm going to do my best. I'm going to work my hardest and it, do, it doesn't always have something to do with hard work necessarily. But, but if you do that, you can't, you know, at man, least you feel good about it. Mm-hmm. You know what you did. I mean, I mean, we, let's be honest. We live in Caesar's world. We need, all need Caesar's dollars. So feeling good is okay, right? <laughs> but, but like feeling good and making good, it's important. And anybody that tries to make you feel bad for trying to make money, it, they're a hypocrite, right? right. So I think what, I think what b- being the type of person who has, and I think most, uh, any of your listeners, designers, illustrators, we live, so this whole epidemic is nothing new to us. It's feast or famine. Like, I'm like, okay, another couple of months without work, <laughs> typical, right? That's like, it's, it's just another, another month, like normal. So um, I don't know. I find comfort in it, but I also have my eye on like building something that at some point would grant what I think we all want, which is some level of security, some level of like backstop of saying, I've got this thing making money. I've got this thing making money. This thing over here is making money. And in order to do that, you have to, I mean, you just got to work and work and work and invest and be smart and know that some things are going to fail and then have the guts and the fortitude to get back up when something fails and like get back to work. Because this, I don't know what the choice is. You just get to work and don't stop until you can just 
take your hands off the wheel a little bit. But as far as I know, I've never known um, passive income, right? <laughs> because even something with passive income, if it's not managed properly, if it's not overseen, it it becomes outcome. <laughs> it's yeah. a terrible outcome. So, so yeah, I think that's what most of us desire is like relief and security. But don't seek security. I like I like the idea that it may not work out. All right, what are you going to do? How are you going to fix it? These are good questions to ask. It sounds like what you feel most empowered by, and I feel this way at least, is that it's all in your control, that your successes and failures are all on your shoulders because of something that you did. And so you have ownership over that and have diversified your income in these different projects to keep you maybe not stable, but at least field and on your toes for the next project coming up. It's, there's no question. And I'm not a control freak necessarily, but like this, like, okay, so the perfect example is March 17th, I close the store. Mm -hmm. I just close it and I could pull back and I say, nobody could say, no, you got to come to work. Do you know how awesome yeah. that freaking is? I was like, yeah. I'm close. I don't, I, I, I was keeping up on it. I was, I was watching the news and then I just saw, I was doing some reading and I was like, it's not, if you act right now, it's not too late. And I acted right then. I was like, okay, let's, let's go ahead and take the safe road. And, but I didn't have to ask anybody. I didn't, mm -hmm. have to, I just did it. Right. There's pretty awesome um, feeling in that. However, I got to be there Saturday. I'm not with my family. I got to be there. I had an intern there on um, Sundays, Brianna, she was awesome. Um, but the rest of the days I was there. I was there. I was doing it. If I wasn't there, I was printing. I was like, so you're on the hook, but, yeah. but you, you, you hold the hook. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definite trade-offs. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to glamorize. I think a lot of people do. They glamorize freelance versus working in corporate job. And then there's the step further of having your own brand that you have to create from scratch as well that there's, have you been, um, I'm curious, have you been, you said you were kind of a hermit before. Did that change once you opened your store? And then did that change now? <laughs> Absolutely. I, okay, so here's the, here's the kind of the rub of it is like, I was living a hermit's life, but I'm not mm. a hermit. I'm not a hermit personality. I love people. I love talking to people. I would say, digitally you would never know that because i i have difficulties sharing i have difficulties like i'm gonna write a clever tweet or something i don't i don't know man it's just not my thing but yeah. if you talk to me face to face man let's talk let's get into it i love people i love being around people i love service like being of service to people i like helping people i've helped a number of people uh at my store just in this past year of things that like there's no made back on it other than I helped that person and I feel good about it. They needed help. Yeah. End of story. Right. I was not in a position to do this when I was alone at my desk 12 hours a day. Right. It's like, I'm for that reason alone. I love the store because it, you just never know who's going to come through that door. And most of the time it's awesome. It's awesome. Everybody who I meet is great. They're great people. And then you get your 
you get every now and you get, a, get like a guy you wanted to grab by the back of the collar and just throw him out the door right that's just the service industry in general right but i love it i love it it's so uh, 180 to what my life was just you know three four years ago do you allow bathing suits in your store or is it that <laughs> close to the beach <laughs> no it's not that close to the beach uh it's it's so weird like i'm so downtown is on the opposite side of the beach side of the town. So Wrightsville okay. Beach is on one side. Downtown is a little bit more of um, a hipster. I don't know. Wilmington's weird because it's hipsters, it's hippies, it's uh, surfers. dockers, surfers, college kids. I mean, you name it. It's a true melting pot of people. So, you, so again, you... Uh, I think that's, you know, anywhere you go, that's a right. metropolitan downtown area, there's, there's going to be homeless, but, it, but people who uh, like warmer, mild weather, Wilmington's definitely a good choice for hanging out on the streets, I guess. It, it, it's uh, in the part where you're at is so many cool shops going in down there too. And like cool bars, not like the dive bars, but right. like other it's, parts of town. It was growing. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, this, this is, I mean, I'm already kind of thinking of like, okay, everyone's going to catch a spanking from this epidemic. And what does that mean for parts of town? I don't, I don't know yet. Um, I don't think anybody does, but it's definitely got me looking at like, okay, time to survive. What does that mean for my business? I don't, I don't know yet. I'm still banking on people are not going to stop wanting stuff. I'm guessing, right? People always want stuff. Especially t-shirts. <laughs> right? Um, people won't stop going out. People want to go walk around. Um, so downtown is still a pretty good bet. Um, hopefully most of the businesses down there will survive. It's been kind of the nice thing. Um, about the way I have this set up is that my livelihood isn't necessarily completely hung up on the store. Hmm. Um, but when things start moving backwards, they move backwards incredibly fast. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm not in the same position of like my livelihoods, my store and it's closed. And I think most people, that's their situation. Don't take that as like, oh man, I'm rich. I don't have to worry about it. But I'm worried because my overhead is so low anyway. Um, yeah, I worry for other businesses downtown for sure. I mean, yeah, because you're printing yourself, Sorry. you're designing yourself. I mean, you've you got your hands on almost every step of the, the whole thing. I don't think you're making t-shirts yet, but everything else you are. Like you're not sewing shirts and like making right. and everything. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not doing cut and sew. Um, I would, I would love to get there. Right. It's like, I just noticed this past couple of months, like I've been using a certain brand, um, to, for all my base goods and their quality has been slipping. And I was like, I think I'm, maybe I'm going crazy. And then I asked my, um, my buddy Ryan who, where I keep my printer, he's, he runs a screen printing, uh, service. He's awesome. Super like one of the coolest guys I've met in Wilmington. And he's like, yeah, man, dude, they've been slipping. We've been getting holes and stuff. The texture's different. The cuts are different. So, you know, 
doing cut and sew would be amazing because then you could really kind of keep an eye on how things are made and, right. and this type of stuff. But I don't know. Quality assurance. I didn't even is, know there was a screen printer in Wilmington. Sorry. <laughs> there's, there's, there, there, are you kidding me? There's 200. <laughs> there's an insane, <laughs> insane amount of screen printer. But that's what I bought. I bought a garment printer, which, yeah. which, oh my gosh, it's crazy. It's such a baby. It requires maintenance. It's expensive. But my business in general wouldn't have worked without it because the idea is I print a size deep and then beta test it. And then if it performs, I keep it or move it to um, screen printing. And if it's a stinker, I can dump it. And it only costs me a size, you know, a, a two, two, a two, three, three, two, two smalls, three, three mediums, three large, two extra larges. And then if it tanks, I just don't make it again. Right. I don't need a box of 48 <laughs> to like, to, to make it work. And that's, that's the way I've been, been able to do this is I've been yeah. able to kind of like, I think I've seen you turn shirts around like in a week, haven't you? Like from drawing it on paper to on a shirt. The last shirt I did, I did in a day. Yeah. And just, and, and I, I spent the morning, um, I had, I had done the sketch earlier and then I did the time lapse of the whole development of shirt. And then later that day I'm printing it. Was that the so, pizza? No, this one was the remain chill until it's got a skeleton meditating and a, and he remained so chill for so long that a palm tree grew where he was buried. <laughs> so that's the, the concept. That's like, I would like to achieve that level of chill. Mm. Right. I am yeah. not, <laughs> I am not there yet. It's, uh, but that's, that's the goal. Right. Um, but let's, yeah. Oh yeah. All, all kinds of skeletons, man. I, any old ladies hate skeletons. That's the one thing I've found out more than anything <laughs> running this store is that old ladies hate skeletons, but I use it from a very stoic. That's the only point of view. I think that hates. Skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> They're too close to it. <laughs> yeah. I, well, even, even then the whole concept is like you get one, how are you burn in it? And we don't talk about it enough. We don't have it in our life enough. And it's like, if I died tomorrow, right? The idea is like, you know, I did my best. I tried my best. I was, I was trying to be the best version of myself I could be. And most people forget that there is an ultimate deadline for all of us, right? Hopefully for most of us, it's, you know, we make it through and we make it to old age, but you could get, see, it's so cliche, you could die tomorrow, right? No, but I mean, like the That's, idea of memento mori is like yeah. so yes. close to my heart. It's just, it's, get it? Because it's like right there next to my bones. Yeah, see? Yeah. Right in your, in your rib cage. I, I go for uh, optimistic nihilism or absurdism kind of philosophy. You get once around, it's all kind of funny anyway. Just go with it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Like, I, I don't, like, I don't fully embrace it to the point where I can just uh, live my best life in a open button shirt and uh, <laughs> live, on, live on the beach, right? That's definitely it's a like, choice. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, but I know, um, again, I want my time here to mean something and not just to me, but right. to people around me and, and hopefully leave something behind that's meaningful and changes people's lives to some degree. So I like to offer reminders that, you know, like the whole keep an eye on your paradise thing is, it's the thing is you got to wake up 
you got to wake up and then you got to put your life in a direction um, because you get one. And I hope you start taking the path that was, that you were meant to take versus like submitting to this idea that, uh, uh, I guess I got to go to work. I guess I got to do this. I got to do that. Well, yeah, things are a means to an end for sure. Um, but what else are you doing? With all, you have more time than you can ever imagine if you start keeping track. So get up earlier. I, th I tell young kids the secret is get up at five. Do work before work. Do a little work before you go to bed. That's, that's two, to, two to four hours that you could be developing your thing until you can spend six on it, till you can spend eight, till you spend 12 a day. So people sleep in way too much. Sleep is overrated. Get, get to get to work man uh, all right you're gonna lose a deck a whole decade to xbox if you're not careful or what a playstation what a switch what i don't have a system right now so i'm out of the loop um but you have to be careful because it feels like you're being productive but you're just those hours are slipping away and you could be making something or doing something or building something or you know volunteering or whatever your passion is it's like we're so desperate for distractions, but so prone to not work for what we want. Mm -hmm. And the truth, the truth is like, there's so much joy in the work. And then, and then we spend time looking at other people doing it and having this kind of jaded perspective of like, why do they get to do that? Well, you can do it, but you spend about the like same amount of energy stirring about someone else that you could be putting into something productive or building your thing or your vision right so i would be very like i i recommend to everybody stop being cynical stop looking at other people and just start finding your vision and get to work on it and then all that other stuff it falls away so freaking fast because you don't have you don't have time you just don't have time to, to be looking at this guy, this, what, oh, I can't believe he got this, this, whatever. I see so many people like that and they're wasting their time focusing one moment on thinking about that stuff. So, yeah. So what are the rules of Hey TVM design? <laughs> the rules? Yeah. Um, so back in like the Jamungo days and the Van Beter days, um, I was trying to be like cool. Like I thought, I thought like being an urban designer meant I had to be edgy and I had to do things like crappy cat and, and I love crappy cat and he never really crossed the line, but he didn't really align with my moral compass. What about the blue and, doll? It, Come on. Well, I mean, it, it, it was, I, I have, I love every bit oh, of I that I just love work, the name. Keep but going. Also, I didn't want to interrupt your story. I just love the name. Yes. No, well, it's, well, and again, it's like the, the whole concept for the blow-up dolls, and they were a bomb head with a match um, accessory. <laughs> Good point. The whole concept was <laughs> every, every uh, just, just to point that out, um, the whole concept <laughs> about them was every single toy we had met their fate at the end of a firework, period. Mm. Bottle Rocket, M80, G.I. Joe, He-Man, it didn't matter. They were all going up in flames. And we're like, we should make a toy that kind of like honors that. 
that kind of like that's how we play with our toys is like we play with them and then we blew the crap out of them right so i love all that work but i always felt this weird kind of it's not me it's not me like i'm not i'm not cool i'm not i don't i don't like graffiti in the sense that like oh that's public property i don't agree with that right it's like i have this kind of moral compass inside of me that says look you got to be true to yourself and i'm just not like i'm not a tough guy i'm not this i'm not that i kind of got aligned with that i'm like all right what what would you say if you weren't kind of hung up on trying to be this or trying to be that and the minute i stopped trying to be cause or Banksy or all these other people it instantly kind of like fell into place in terms of um, making sure it all sends out some sort of positive message done in a sideways manner. So that's the starting point. That's always, it always starts there. There's been a number of designs where I'm like, uh, that's not really that. It doesn't align with my brand. It doesn't align with my message. And then it just falls away pretty quickly and it helps me find that thing. So everything starts there. And then in terms of design, the, the, the visual part of it, it's bold lines, limited colors. Um, these days I, I try to pick um, a saying to go with it and then I'll do uh, something that's illustrative without a saying, I'll do something that's illustrative with a slight saying, and then I'll do something that's more graphic and illustrative in terms of the type treatment and graphic mixed together. And then I love my favorite um, style of shirts, a surf style. And it occurred to me not too long ago why this is, is that the, the small design on the front, large design on the back, totally taps into the skater kid in me which that's that i would just go drool over skate decks and you always had the small design on the top and the big design on the bottom so like the more i thought about it, i'm like oh my gosh that makes so much sense of why i love that so much is because jim phillips um santa cruz uh, uh i just I, I don't know i loved all i i was a poser skater I just love the art, right? So, yeah. so I wasn't, I wasn't, I can still skate, but I'm not like dropping in or anything, right? Um, so I, I usually try to find the message and it's got to say something that's meaningful. And then I try to say it in a way that's distinctly TVM, usually with skeletons, alien, pineapple aliens, pineapples, waves, um, things that kind of like, speak true to why we moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, which was, I want to live a surf life, right? But I'm at my store, so I still haven't achieved that. But I, I, I think that the culture in Wilmington also kind of influences the designs as well, because I want this place to be part of the story at some point where people go, did you know that started here? Like, that's where my head's at. It's like, oh, that's, oh that does kind of like have a Wilmington vibe to it. So, so that's, that's the Hey TVM in a nutshell. What's the weirdest thing someone thought Hey TVM stood for? Um, some old ladies come in, they go, are you Tim? <laughs> because my logo, see my logo is not the, like, it's, I'm sure designers hate it, but it had to uh, 
I had to apply the rules for all the designs to the logo. Like mm -hmm. I thought that was important because, but, it, but those rules don't work great for a logo necessarily. Um, anyway, uh, people, ladies come in, they go, are you Tim? Cause it kind of looks like, Hey Tim. <laughs> and then the other one is, uh, what's a Tivum <laughs> is the other one. So that's, but not, not many people have like come in and tried to like, they, they ask, it's so Taco weird. Taco Vader machine. Taco Vader machine. That's, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. That's like, I like, I like all those things. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been, that's been a really good icebreaker for people coming in as most people like that's their first to third question so what's tvm right first to third. so right so <laughs> um so yeah were there any other names in the running when you were branding your lifestyle brand yes yeah yes i can't do it because okay. I, because one of them is so freaking good that it still it still might end up being like a a spinoff, right? Um, so I had a rolling list, um, like schwa, like all of them were very weird. Like I didn't want it to be um, beach vibes or and you know it's like there's there's just I wanted it to be a standout, and then it and then like the ultimate truth was. When I, when I, it sounds so vain, I guess, to name something after yourself. And it wasn't the point. The point was, it's, it's like the first part is everything I've consolidated to HeyTVM, all my websites, Instagram. So that just made it easy, right? Um, but then the other part was like, if my name was on it, I had to hold true to that compass. And it had to hit a certain standard because if I could take myself away from it, I wouldn't be the, like the brand yeah. anymore. So it held me to a standard that was, it's like every day becomes more important that like everything that I make has to hit that standard. So I had several, um, but yeah, I don't want to, some of them were not good <laughs> as well. So, uh, but, but yeah, it's, I was about a second away from changing it before I opened for sure. Wow. But I'm glad I stuck with it. It's, it's like a weird vessel that's been taking on meaning. And I'll, I'll go somewhere in Wilmington and people will be like, oh, you're the Hey TVM guy. Or, or they'll be like, this is Trevor. He works at Hey TVM. And like to hear people say it, it, it's just bizarre. But it's also, it's working. Like people say it in a way that's, it didn't like, it kind of started with a, Hey TVM question mark and now people yeah. just say it right they're like oh that he's over there at Hey TVM so nice sticking it's sticking it's yeah sticking. have your kids influenced because you have more of a youthful like you want to go for a surfer vibe you're saying have your kids growing up influenced that at all oh for sure yeah. they they oh my gosh they touch everything in my life it's crazy it's like <laughs> They're, they're awesome. I'd say a lot of my ideas are sparked from my time with them. Um, and yeah, I usually, we, we keep our family life pretty 
private for the most part. Like I don't mm-hmm. put my kids on my Instagram and I don't do much Facebook and all that. But um, like it was ask me if I they're like, oh, you have kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's, I just think it's a different these days. It's a different choice not to like throw them into whatever you're doing. Um, but my head's, my head's with my family. And I think me closing my store all the way back on March 17th shows that pretty, pretty straightforward that Mm -hmm. I don't care about much else. You know, um, I, I, I do, I care about my business. Don't get, don't take me wrong, but it's, they're the most important thing, hands down. Um, and they influence everything that I do and everything that I make. Um, and I just take the credit for all of it. Yeah. <laughs> they're your beta testers too, to tell you that's, what works and what doesn't. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And they, they're, and they're brutally honest. Sometimes it hurts. <laughs> Could be rough. Yeah. Well, well, have you noticed too, with, um, when you were at your shop that the industry in Wilmington was changing at all, or you're picking up creatives that you wouldn't have otherwise met? I'm wondering about your perspective on that. Um, it's, it's definitely was before this whole nonsense, it was changing for the better for sure. Okay. Like you have some deep rooted, like I, I dropped out of the art walk, right? Mm-hmm. Because I just got tired of hearing like, like, again, I'm, I don't mean to pick on old ladies, yeah. but like they'd put one foot on the stair and like, I'm not kidding. Put one foot on, look in and turn around. And we're talking uh, ladies saying, oh, it's just t-shirts, right? It's, but it's like, I, I don't know. I'm just like, okay, whatever. It, it just made me not want to be part of that community because I felt so outside looking in. But that's not, that's not the, the total truth of what is happening in Wilmington is that there's a, there's a changing of the guard. Like I said before, there's young professionals who are hungry for mm-hmm. something that's not like everything else um and and in terms of young creatives i think a lot of them um are just struggling to like find their place in this world and how do you you know how do you do that doing pop-ups at local like breweries and stuff like that but it's exciting too like i see some of them succeeding i'm like dude that's a it's crazy it's amazing um i'm it's i think the last Celestial Surf, Ceramics, who else? Oh my gosh, the list is too long. <laughs> but I'd, have to, I'd have to go look it up. You have, uh, um, Weinstein, you have Meow Meow, you have, um, like I bespoke coffee, I would kind of like put in the pot as like a creative experience. Um, Man, I'm so I. There's no way I'm gonna be able to go through them <laughs> no, all. No, that's like, a maybe couple. I can I mean, send yeah, you. I'll, I'll send you a list that maybe you could put in the notes. I think Cordy and I are just watching it from the that, outskirts. They're because yeah. we're both about thirty minutes right. away. Right, and and that's the thing is like I think. Well, you're further away. Sorry. But there's there's a lot of people like that that are who are, who travel in for farmers markets or who travel in for. Um, for pop-ups at like Palette or these other places. And I'd say that a lot of the community supports them, but like, I don't know, like 
I, I feel like creators should be doing more to band together to make a permanent offering. So like I can do it for myself at this moment and I did it and I stepped out and I have a, like a permanent fixture, but there's no reason like most people probably can't do that as an individual at this moment, but 10, 10 creatives could band together and open a space and then just between them operate that space as they do their other job and then run the creative thing. I, I feel like that's coming. Like those type of things are coming faster and faster because people are realizing that people will support you. People are hungry for something different, but it's a different type of creative. Like, again, I'm, I'm imagining that most of your audience is like illustrators, designers. And a lot of these guys are more, um, I think the blind, the, the line is blurring a lot more, but you have a lot of like, I don't know, crafts and arts and all these other things that are kind of like making a bid for people's attention. So I don't know. It's very interesting times where the, the playing field is kind of leveling a little bit for people. We just, um, even like spoke, like focusing on our kind of our subscribers and audience right now. Um, there was a bunch of design conferences got canceled for the spring. And right, so, Creative South and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who was um, the host at Creative South stepped up, teamed with a bunch of people in this past week and put on a thing called Canceled Con on YouTube. Okay. It just streamed live all day Saturday and all day Sunday for what, 12 hours each day, Courtney? Oh, yeah. 12 plus. So it was great. Andrew, Andrew Hawk Rattle. Hawk Rattle. Thank you. I was going okay. to totally botch his last name. I think I saw that. I think I saw some of that. Um, yeah, one of the people, a couple of the people speaking actually just uh, came together and formed a, what they're calling a collaborative artist management agency, kind of in the Midwest. I think it's based somewhere in Chicago or Illinois, but it's like Lauren Hom, Aday Hogue, uh, Andy J. Pizza. These will resonate with, you've probably heard yes, some I've, of them. I've heard, I've heard all of them, yes. And like three or four other people. Uh, Meg Lewis is one of them, but they're all working together on their own thing, but also the together thing, and they're calling it co-loop, and they'll come together and work on projects together. I'm sure there'll be other bigger things that come out of it too, but yeah, this is, it's already starting to be a thing in right. some places. And this is, this is, man, this is my one kind of, <sighs> excuse me. One thing that I've been like, I have had my eye on it. I have a ton to share that I would like to share that I think is at least if nothing else, an interesting perspective for people, but I haven't done it. You know, like I want to go talk about, um, I want to talk about my work and talk about what it means. And, and if it helps somebody else kind of like get something started, I want to do that. But man, I've just been like, <laughs> been so busy that is, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how I'd make it work. So uh, uh, here's, I'm making excuses, but it's on my radar. It's on my radar big time because um, part of the mission of Hey TVM, once things kind of like get to the point where it's not bouncing off the bottom, right? Is to, is to empower creatives, whatever that means, right? If it means helping or, you know, talking to people, help them get a single, singular vision going um this is the type of thing i would like to 
to that's where I'd like to live. So. Well, that's awesome. I thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This has been a blast, my, dude. My <laughs> pleasure. My pleasure. I'm sorry if I'm ranting. No, no that's way, it. man. Even if you were, that's what we brought you on to do. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll need to, well, I'll come up. She'll come down. I'll go get coffee sometime. That sounds amazing. In the after times. Until then, we'll just that's keep having coffee <laughs> like this. That's right. Cheers. That's, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's coming back. We'll, yeah. Everybody will be all right. Well, Trevor, I mean, thanks for coming on, man, and for hanging out with us. Uh, is there anything coming up right now you want to plug? Everybody can find you on, I know tw on Instagram, at least, at HeyTVM. Instagram's my jam, man. It's like, the, it's the one thing that I just kind of, I get, but I don't utilize quite enough. I've been working to correct this. It's, it's weird. I don't want to be a t-shirt feed. I want right. to offer more than that, right? <laughs> So, um, but yeah, Hey TVM on Instagram is probably where you're going to be able to find me. Um, but yeah. Tumblr too. Pretty, pretty Tumblr, cool. man, my Tumblr is like bumping, but I don't know how to make <laughs> Tumblr do anything other. It's like Tumblr is like a weird, I don't want to call it selfish, but people share, but the, it stops after the share. Like they, they share something like they express themselves with a piece and that's the end of discussion. Right. So I haven't quite cracked the code on Tumblr. So, well, as soon as you, but do, I'm on there. I'm sure. As soon as you do, you could probably like write a book for people <laughs> our age and do okay with that. But uh, yeah, man, thanks again for hanging out with that's us. Right. And uh, it's, it's easy. Quality consistency. There you go. Let's see. We can go for another no problem. Hour. We'll yeah, have we to could. have you on the show again. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. How this is a long show. You can edit no, it down. We're good. Um, <laughs> it's a perfect show. Talk to you later. You guys be good out there. Be safe. Bye. Me too. Peace. <laughs> Dude, that bye. was great. You don't have to hang up. We'll just say bye. I was gonna say that was great.